You're listening to Season 5, Episode Number 4, Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Dr. Nick Ripken, leader of Nick Ripken Ministries, author, missionary, and leading expert on the topic of persecution. And that is our discussion point today, The Advancement of the Gospel in a Violent World. We also talk about his latest book. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Payne. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. Turn on the news today. Uh, Pick up a, a periodical, read something on your phone, on your tablet. And uh, you don't have to go searching very long before you come across something related to persecution. Uh, In fact, just recently, I I presented a paper at the uh, National Evangelical Missiological Society on on the topic of persecution in today's world. And during my research, uh, one of the pieces of material that I cited was related to to the British government doing a, a global study on the growth of persecution among Christians throughout the world. Uh, that's the topic of today's conversation here on Strike the Match, and my guest today, uh, you're going to be incredibly blessed by being able to to listen to him and hear from him. I know that many of you are familiar with this brother and, and his wife and their ministry. You have been influenced by his writings, uh, and so he, he really needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him nonetheless. Uh, Nick uh, Ripken is my guest today, and Nick is the author of several books, uh, The Insanity of God, The Insanity of Obedience. In fact, The Insanity of God was created into a documentary film. He just recently released a book called The Insanity of Sacrifice, a 90-day devotional. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that book uh, today in our conversation today. Uh, He and his uh, family served in several countries uh, throughout the continent of Africa. I've done extensive work in the Horn of Africa, working in famine and war zones, resettling refugees, providing famine relief, uh, doing medical clinics. Uh, He has been uh, extensive in his global travels, interviewing over 600 believers in the midst of intense persecution uh, in 72, over 72 different countries. And so uh, today I am honored and delighted to have Nick Ripken with me on Strike the Match. So welcome, brother, to our program. Thank you, JD. It's uh, it's absolutely absolutely an honor to be with you. You know, when I when I first read uh, your book, The Insanity of God, the fact that you kept talking about Kentucky, it, it, it resonated with my heart because I, I grew up in Corbin, Kentucky, and so it's nice to know of another Kentucky boy. <laughs> uh, you might your your town might actually be bigger than mine. So, so were you in the part of the western part of the state? No, I'm I'm sort of north central or central uh, in the middle of the triangle between Louisville, Cincinnati, and Lexington. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm down in the southeast, uh, home of the yeah. first Kentucky Fried Chicken, as a matter of fact. Started about two miles from my home. So, hey, brother, uh, for the people that are listening that may not be familiar with you and your family, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe something other than what I mentioned in the introduction? Well, we took a five-year-old and a three-year-old to Malawi in East Africa, Um uh, in 1984 on January the 1st and had a third son on the mission field. Um, I like to say, um, that, uh, Ruth and I both are PKs. She's a pastor's kid and I'm a pagan's kid. So that, uh, you know, that sort of, uh, gives us all the spiritual gifts. I can remember JD 
what, what it was like to be an 18-year-old boy and never knew where the world came from, didn't know anything about Jesus, really. And, uh, and yet uh, that, that has given me such a hunger for the nations, for people who haven't heard. And then when we, we get there, actually, Ruth knows what to do because she has all of those blessed tools. I, I love how in your writings you, you, you share so many stories of the two of you co-laboring together in ministry. Just, just incredible blessing to read, read such things. Well, it's, um, I, I was uh, sharing with another sister earlier that uh, the number one way Muslims are coming to faith around the world is sharing meals uh, with God's people. And um, when we talk about sacrifice, which is, you know, the insanity of sacrifice is our next book. Uh, it's um, we think a sacrifice of maybe giving up a car or giving up a house or something like that. But I think the biggest sacrifice is give up our time and, and have people who are outside the kingdom of God, whether whether we are in Ethiopia or Jordan or, or Egypt or in Kentucky right now, uh, sharing meals with those who are outside the kingdom of God and taking time to hear their story is one of the, the quickest way uh, to fall in love with other people and just naturally share Christ with them. You know, I think that's such a great point because, you know, we've got that old adage here in the States, you know, you know time is you know more precious than gold. Um, being able to to slow down and recognize that that giving up that time for coffee or tea or a meal, uh, the Lord can use that in powerful ways, and and I think that that's going to, you know, that it seems like a small challenge, but it does it does pose a challenge to many of us here in the West. That's an excellent point. It takes, I think, the Western Church. If I could beg them, uh, and somehow we could get this message to them, that uh, it takes us about. 15 minutes, cold first contact with a Muslim in their environment to be uh, taken aside for a cup of tea, give us their afternoon. It takes me about 30 minutes with Ruth and I together to get invited to their house for a meal that's going to take four or five, six hours. Mm -hmm. That first time we meet them, and then they're in our country uh, 20, 30 years and no one has welcomed them to America, yeah. let alone ever invited them for a meal. Yeah, yeah. there's so much that we need to, to learn uh, from our brothers and sisters throughout the world when it comes to hospitality, as well as going back to the Scriptures and looking at the importance of what the Bible says about, about hospitality. Uh, the, the, the individualistic approach that we have here in the States, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge that we need to, to overcome, that's for sure. We like being individuals until we're left by ourselves. You're exactly right. Uh, so, hey, um, Nick Ripken Ministries, tell us about that. That that sounds really exciting. What's going on there? Well, back uh, as we have served with the Inter International Mission Board for most of the last 36 years and just now uh, going full-time in, into Nick Ripken Ministries, uh, as they were making uh, the movie The Insanity of God, we needed a place to house that. Uh, this. Uh, Learning from believers in persecution was growing and growing. And so uh, this ministry uh, has been allowed to grow with inside our mission board uh, because it was what they wanted us to do and what, what we, they wanted us to become. And so uh, learning from believers in persecution seems to be just the opposite of the church's approach to the church in persecution. You know, 
we're sort of taught to pity them when we're, and, and we feel good about ourselves when we rescue them. Uh, for Nick Ripken Ministries, I think it's not really that unique that we're almost totally committed to uh, going to the unengaged, unenreached, that 2.8 billion people that you're too much aware about. Most of your audiences don't need me preaching that. But I think what gives us our unique uh, niche in this world is that we believe the best way to go and the best practices, both in our hearts and in our actions, is to be learned from believers in persecution. That's what gives us. That's what gives us our difference. Is that these brothers and sisters coming out of that Somali experience, brother? We didn't know how to make Jesus known, where it could cost them their lives, just being friends to us, and we didn't know how to plant house churches that would thrive. Uh, we, we didn't know how to you know, create things that would even just survive. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 that's why I'm so careful to say uh, I don't talk about persecuted believers. I talk about believers in persecution because mm-hmm. I want the emphasis on their faith, not on their suffering. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I'm so thankful for what your ministry is doing. Uh, on, I know you're doing many different things, but especially helping us understand, you know, how, how to how to connect with believers in persecution. You know, in the introduction, I mentioned presenting a paper last month in, in, in Dallas. And one of the things I talked about in that presentation was that for many of us uh, that's in, that was in that room, we, we were academicians that uh, have spent most of our lives uh, in the States, if we served outside of the States. We were never in a place or never have been in a place where, as believers, we were in significant persecution. So how do we then prepare others to go into those contexts, like the Horn of Africa and other places, you know, if we haven't experienced it, how do we train and equip others? And then how do we train and equip people to to leave the West and partner with majority world believers? And so I just so much appreciate what you're doing to, to help help us understand some things yes. along that way. If we would just distinguish um, a little bit from, you know, your normal audience and our normal audience, um, the... the uh, the way we read the, uh, the, the principalities and powers is that Satan almost never persecutes us overtly if he can shut us up, make us keep our witness to ourselves covertly. And, and so I think Americans are, uh, unlike they might think, or Westerners in general, they are severely uh, persecuted in the sense that there's been societal, quiet pressure brought against them to make them keep their witness to themselves, and therefore they become some of the greatest persecutors of this planet by denying others access to Jesus. Mm, Wow. Over 600 interviews with believers in persecution, over 72 countries. Could you give uh, us—I know we're we're locked into a time frame here, but could you give us maybe two or three— things that just stand out to you as sort of the, the most important things that you've learned in all your travels or your engagement in your ministry? I think that what uh, rocked our world, three things that believers in persecution would say that are non-negotiable is that in the Bible, persecution is normal. My culture says, no, it, it's not. And our two responses to that, to persecution is, uh, to stop persecution and punish the persecutors. Now, now, Jesus, Jesus said, "Let this cup pass," but he went on 
to quickly pray for the Father's will to be done, but he also prayed for the persecutors to be forgiven, for to be loved and to love your enemies. And, and for most of us, nothing is further from that. But if I say in the Bible persecution is normal, uh, that calls for a radical, radical rethink. And then secondly, uh, after doing these over 600 interviews in 72 countries, we can say with quite a lot of confidence, if not prophetic voice, that the number one cause of persecution in the planet is people coming to Jesus. Mm. That does wow. not excuse the persecutors, but it does it does build on the first thing that in the Bible persecution is normal if the church, wherever, continues to pray mm -hmm. and to work with government and with militaries to stop persecution. The only way that that can uh, be accomplished is to stop people from coming to Christ. And thirdly, uh, we're often accused in the mission world of getting people persecuted and causing suffering. But if you if you go among uh, the unreached, you go among the uh, unengaged, they're already suffering. They have terrible governments. They're in broad cultures. They're they're living in harsh environments. Uh, the Herods of this world can come and do things to your wife and daughters, and all you can do is get between them and die first. And mm -hmm. uh, they can't send their kids to college. And, and so, when we make Christ known, where there's a great harvest, there will be a great persecution. Mm -hmm. And you know, second, where there's little harvest, there's little persecution, as we know in the West. So we're, we're going to see an increase in persecution if indeed we are obedient to take Christ to all the nations and all the people groups. That is, that is so true. I mean, there there's so many passages throughout the scriptures related to, to persecution and the Great Commission. And, and even just even just the, the statement on, you know, whoever is going to live a righteous life is going to experience persecution. And so uh, it, it should not— it shouldn't surprise us because that's you know it's clearly in the scriptures and and clearly I mean from the gospels through through revelation and you know and even Jesus talked about in his day you know just as they persecuted the prophets you know they're going to persecute you as well and so persecution is in somewhat very different than what is reported and our response needs to be uh, uh, very different but as they taught us over and over and over again that for them uh, persecutions like the sun coming up in the east and to interview uh, especially in the former Soviet Union and throughout China and to interview former security police who came to Christ in my lifetime from persecuting Christians things that believers in persecution have done for me JD is uh, to to belittle the old lie that the Bible's an old book. It's a clear authoritative record of what God used to do. But for us, we've seen faith and Bible be in practice in present active tense and, and, and to see God in that light that everything that God has ever done, he's still doing is, is at once uh, uh, almost threatening, but exhilarating. I want to talk about your new book in just a second, but before I get there, you said something a moment ago that, that kind of brought another question to mind, and it, it was something along the lines of um, sort of the reaction of believers in the West to our brothers and sisters that are, that are living in persecution 
uh, these days, in, in significant persecution these days. What what can we uh, here in the West do to to encourage our brothers and sisters, or or minister with them, or serve them? Is that even the right question to be asking? That's a great question, brother. Uh, they tell me, don't you ever give up in freedom politically? That we never give up in persecution. That's our witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and uh, what they have minded, the brothers, they're suffering for two reasons. One, they gave their lives to Jesus. And secondly, uh, they don't keep him to themselves. They share with their family, uh, their neighbors, people in government, just, you know, random acquaintances. And so though they do appreciate our prayers, the way we identify and stand with our brothers in chains is when we give our lives to Jesus and when we refuse to keep him to ourselves and we find appropriate, loving ways to share with our family, our neighbors across the street, our, our, our acquaintances at work, uh, in schools. And, and that's how we identify with believers in persecution. But quickly, when I keep Jesus to myself, when I don't share uh, appropriately across the street or across the oceans, not only do I identify, I fail to identify with my brothers and sisters in chains. I identify with the ones that chained them. If I keep Jesus to myself, I'm I'm a persecutor. Mm, that's such a such a powerful point. So you've got this new book that just came out. So congratulations, that's exciting. Thank you. It's just, I think it's my favorite. In the sense, uh, brother, that um, insanity of God, insanity of obedience, you can almost read that as being a, the first one as being a, a great uh, uh, book about what God is doing, and then insanity of obedience about best practices. But insanity of sacrifice uh, doesn't allow you to be an observer. It calls you to be in the presence of God, uh, devotionally, however you do that. And to keep asking of God, what have I yet to crucify? What have I yet to give up? How can I wholly belong to you and know that everything I have comes from you? And if I give you back anything, I'm just returning to you what was yours in the first place. And, and it just calls you to stand in the presence of Almighty God and be broken before him and find at the end of that time just the joy of being crucified in Christ. Mm, wow. So it's a 90-day devotional. Yes, sir. Uh, so I'm assuming it probably has like a, a, a passage each day with, with some of your own devotional thoughts connected to that. It is. Uh, it's got a little bit of, of course, of our story and just being the narrator, of again, of believers in per persecution. And so it does call you to scriptures and, and gives you a, a really a thought to latch on to and then we end it not with questions. We, we end it with a prayer that after writing the devotional, we were so broken by what was written that we just found ourselves just crying out to God. And, and we captured that uh, to let people listen in uh, to us talk to God. Hmm. Wow. 
Well, I I am excited about that and looking forward to getting a copy of it. it for those of you that are listening, uh, this book just came out less than 24 hours ago, or maybe 24 hours ago. And so I'm I'm looking at uh, the uh, the advertisement for it here on my on my monitor, uh, the Insanity of Sacrifice, a 90 day devotional by by Nick Ripkin. I really hope that you get a copy of this and check this out. You know you've enjoyed the Insanity of God, and you know that you've enjoyed the Insanity of Obedience. You need to add this to your list as well. And so uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this, brother. And I'm so thankful that you that you did this and did it as a devotional. I think that's so important. Well, it's again trying to give. Uh... Uh, believers in persecution a voice because what the persecutors uh if they can't stop you from coming to jesus they want to shut you up and it's just again honoring our brothers and sisters just like hebrews and other books and and passages do in the bible by giving them their voice back and sharing with the body of christ what the body of christ is learning doing believing and leading wow that is great. That is really, really exciting. Hey, if listeners want to locate you online, want to locate you know Nick Ripkin Ministries, uh, what what would be the best place or places they could they could find you out there? Well, we've got a brother that helped us create create a website. It's just World Wide Web NickRipkin.com, and and you can meet us there. And, okay, let's let's and, get a spelling on that because there's different ways okay. to spell Rip, Nick and Ripkin. So spell it for it's us. N I K R I P K-E-N.com, and, All right. and, and you'll find us and find a lot of resources uh, on that website. Fantastic. You, you can also be found uh, on Twitter. I know that uh, you, there's an account there under the same name, Nick Ripkin. Absolutely. And so, mm-hmm. and so I hope that uh, those of you that are that are listening, if you haven't had a chance to to check out this brother and his resources, that you you do that. Check out nickripkin.com. A uh, great deal of information about the backstory. It's about um, his journey uh, to persecution, resources that are available there, uh, blogging, uh, talking about how to to engage in this process. And and you are a busy speaker. I mean, you're you're speaking quite a bit over the next year or so. We're trying to balance between. Uh... Uh, developing a base here in Kentucky. Uh, we're pretty well booked what we can physically do for next year, but we leave enough space in it. You know, if Holy Spirit moves, we can be obedient between uh, uh, speaking uh, here in the States, doing training. But I, our big passion, JD, is returning to believers in persecution and bringing together everything that they, they you know, individually in Buddhism, Hinduism, communism, Islam taught us. And then, you know, bringing it together and returning to them and say, here's what you taught us. Here's what other bodies of Christ taught us and connecting the body to the body and let us learn from each other. And and Ruth and I are just the conduit for that. Mm. My guest today on Strike the Match has been uh, Nick Ripkin, author of The Insanity of God, The Insanity of Obedience, and then his book that uh, just came out yesterday, The Insanity of Sacrifice, a 90-day devotional. I hope you get a chance to uh, pick up uh, Insanity of Sacrifice. If you haven't uh, got the other books that he's written, you need to get a copy of those. Check him out online at nickripken.com, N-I-K-R-I-P-K-E-N.com, and uh, he is one of the leading 
global thinkers, uh, researchers, missiologists on this topic of persecution and uh, the Great Commission. Uh, he doesn't lead just through his, uh, his research, his field-based research. He also has a wealth of, of practical field ministry as well. And so if you're not familiar with this brother and what he's doing, uh, you need to be. Nick, I am so thankful for your time today, and it's been an honor being with you and having this conversation today. You've been a joy, and thanks for opening doors. And I don't know any greater gift you can give to somebody than to give them an opportunity to share their gifts. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. God bless. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.